For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. For those of you who listened to yesterday's program, well, you probably know what we're talking about today. We did hitting, we're going to do pitching, and I'm going to give you the ups and downs. And while I'm going to hyper-focus on a couple of things, you know, the ups and the downs, I am going to try to do my best here to give you an overall sense of the Rockies pitching situation from a rotation and bullpen standpoint, both how it will be at the bigs and what that immediate depth is going to look like. And I'll begin with a little bit of an overview, which is to say that even as of my preparation for this, I feel like the Rockies pitching has maybe been worse than it has been, that that maybe they've outperformed expectations a little bit. We're going to do all the typical spring training caveats, but I'll, I'll say this. I had a harder time separating the ups and seeing that there were more guys on here who've had pretty good spring trainings that are worth talking about than I would have thought, especially coming in knowing that. And, and I still think Rockies pitching is going to be their bugaboo. I think this is going to be a struggle, but let's talk specifically now about some of the ways that this actually could go okay for them. I'll begin with the biggest up of spring training, which is the most important thing. You've heard me say it. I've written about it. I've talked about it. And it, it, I think it's the most important thing for the future of the franchise. And that's Armand Marquez, right? He's the most talented pitcher they have. He's walked up to, but in my estimation, never quite reached his ceiling. And he had a very bad season a year ago from for his standards, right? If you looked at it across baseball, he was just a below average pitcher. But for a guy you hope is an all-star, for a guy you want to see battling for a Cy Young someday, that was just not what you wanted to see, right? I've talked about how this is essentially a potential walk year for Marquez, uh, the Rockies do have a team option on him, a club option for next season. So if he has a really good year this year, I suspect they will pick that up and or renegotiate another couple of years and consider Marquez to be the rock and core of the, of their rotation moving forward. But if he has another season like he did a year ago, you simply cannot make that kind of investment in him. You have to consider the possibility that he would that, that he's peaked and that his best years are behind him. Now, he dealt with a number of very specific issues last year. And if you looked inside a lot of the, you know, baseball savant stuff, the peripherals, not of like strikeouts and walks, because those numbers weren't quite where you want them to be, but things like velocity, spin rate, stuff like that, still very good, right? So he hasn't lost velo and he he hasn't lost his stuff, as the, the guys call it, right? So... Between then and now, there's been a lot of conversation, both in the media and among fans, and I promise you, with Marquez himself and his pitching staff, in fact, uh, the, the pitching coaches, I mean, I, I was with a group of media, just a, a couple of people, Thomas Harding, Danielle Allentuck, and myself, and we were talking with Marquez about 
the adjustments he's made specifically, you know, they use the phrase staying behind the baseball, but not letting his fingers slide to different sides of it. There's a, there was a grip issue. It was how he was holding the baseball. The long and short of it was this. Marquez was throwing far too many pitches that were ending up in hittable locations. The velocity, movement, spin rates, all of those things remained good, but they were ending up in the middle of the zone too much, and he was getting hit around. He feels like he's made those adjustments, and the results are showing. Now, there's a little bit of what I see right now as a hyper-focused Armand Marquez, which is great, and somebody who knows he wasn't who he should be and is going to have to battle for his next contract and all of those things, but also a guy who's extremely talented, uh, who's at spring training mowing guys down, uh, some of whom are getting their first taste. And, you know, so you, you do want to be a little bit careful with the following. That said, he's allowed one run this spring. He struck out 20 guys and walked just two. Opponents are batting 177 against him in 17 innings pitched. He has been among the best pitchers in spring training. It's pretty phenomenal what Marquez has done. Like I said, it's just spring. He's hyper-focused while some guys are just getting ready. You know, he's got a lot. He's among the ball players I would say, in the bigs right now with the most to prove. But he appears to be <laughs> setting out to try to prove it, right? For those of you wondering, that all comes out to an 0-5-3, an 0-53 ERA, right? Anytime you're starting an ERA with a zero, even in just 17 innings of work, you're talking about some pretty good stuff. So, as has been said, I'm looking forward to not having to say it anymore in a couple of weeks. Yes, spring training, all of that stuff applies. But you'd rather see this than the opposite of it, right? This is what you wanted from the guy who is occupying this all-important role. And so it doesn't really get a whole lot better than that for the guy you need to be right if this team can be successful in any kind of version of itself that looks anything like what it is right now. Okay. There's a lot of caveats. <laughs> Let me go over to the first big down. And, you know, again, I don't want to put too much on these particular players. I don't feel like either has necessarily had a terrible spring. But Ryan Feltner and Peter Lambert is where I'm going to start with the first big downs. Now, Lambert was a long shot, right? It's been so long since he's pitched and he's had these injury issues that, uh, you know, it was going to be tough to expect him to make the big league club, but there was still some hope there because he's a, he's just a little bit more of an unknown, a little bit more of a hopeful, a little bit more of a potential surprise than some of these other guys I'm going to talk about here in a minute. But Lambert was only able to get seven innings in, uh, nine strikeouts, five walks, don't love that walk number at all. Five earned runs, so 643 ERA. He's going to get sent to AAA. I think that's the right move. Uh, you know, you do have to be careful about a guy who has done the injury thing of just saying, well, it's spring, get him a ton of innings. You know, you got to work. These are high-intensity innings for a player like Peter Lambert. Again, for a guy like, you know, Kyle Freeland right now, these are not high-intensity innings. 
for guys like Charlie Blackman and CJ Crone on the other side. These are not high intensity innings. For a guy like Peter Lambert, they are. And so you want to be careful about overworking him. I think getting him out there to AAA is a good thing. You want to get some success back in his arm, back in his mind, back in his heart, you know, all those things. You want the feel of uh, success and consistency. The big thing with Lambert and, you know, whenever Ryan Rollison can return and actually saw him today and, and stood by as Thomas Harding interviewed him. So I won't, I won't steal Thomas's uh, <laughs> interview and I, and I won't, you know, do too much of what he said, but he, he's, he's getting back out there relatively soon as well. And so for these guys, it really is. You just want to see the consistency. You want the arm feeling good. And then hopefully midway through the season, we're talking about, okay, how do they fit in at the big league level? For Ryan Feltner, this one is is rough because I think, you know, he had a chance to make the rotation. I, I still think he maybe could, just given his stuff, uh, the way the team has liked his development and attitude over the last couple of years. But he is, he is rocking a 10.50 ERA. And 12 innings pitched so far this spring. Six strikeouts, six walks, uh, 14 runs given up. That's that's rough, right? He's, he's really been knocked around. Now, again, when all, all the spring training caveats apply, when you're saying guy's been great, guy's been great, they also have to apply. And you're saying, oh, this guy really has not been great. But now they've got to do this dance of, well, do we, you know, Ryan Feltner is a more exciting player in a lot of ways because of the velocity, because of his age and all of that, than say a guy like Jose Urania, who also didn't light the world on fire this spring. But do you want to, you know, as he's struggling, as he's getting knocked around in spring, just throw Feltner onto the big league rotation and hope he figures it out there. And is that fair to him? Right. So more than though, like I would say, getting specific about those two players, I would say the biggest down for the Rockies pitching this spring training is that there wasn't really a big surprise. There, there were several guys they brought in, um, and then they had several internal candidates like Feltner and Lambert. Uh, Riley Pint was there for a little while, right? And you thought, well, maybe someone of this group will kind of show up and have a great spring, and then there will be a new guy that we're a little bit excited about. And that just didn't really pan out, right? In fact, I'll go, I'll stick with the downs for now so we can end on some ups. Because I just brought him up, Jose Urania. Now, I expect he'll be there because the Rockies gave him a contract. Not a huge one, but a contract. <laughs> he, did, he does have a contract. As veteran experience, so again, these are less high-intensity innings for him. 16 innings pitched, 11 runs given up. That's a 6.06 ERA. Uh, only two walks, so you like that. Uh, but yeah, I, this is why... I don't have super high hopes for the Rockies this year, right? Now, if Marquez, if the Marquez bounce back is real, and I don't have Kyle Freeland on either the ups or the downs, his up was he was very good in the WBC. In spring training, he's been fine. 
I actually am very positive on what I see out of Kyle right now from a, a pitch quality standpoint. He looks good. He looks good. So I'm not worried about Freeland at all. So let's do a best case scenario. Marquez and Freeland are fantastic, even, especially out of the gate, right? That would be important. Austin Gomber, who I, I think is really going to be a, a key here, and I want to talk about on the ups in a minute. Let's say he has a great bounce back season. You're still now in this place where it's Noah Davis, Jose Urania, you know, some of these guys filling out the rotation, then behind them, question marks with guys like Peter Lambert, maybe Carl Kaufman, who's been all right this spring and, and shown some things, but I think shown both the reasons why there's some promise. And, you know, he's got a 370 ADRA and 16 innings pitched. He's done all right. Some strikeouts in there, kept the walk slow. Like what I've seen from Carl Kaufman, but definitely not blow you away stuff, right? Basically a four ERA. And and this is kind of the group. And that's why there's such a big question mark after those first two guys. And even if a third emerges, and even if it's Antonio Sensatella once he comes back, it's going to be tough to find your way to five above average starting pitchers. It's not to say that it can't happen, but, you know, one big sign that, they were maybe going to raise their floor from this spring would have been a good spring out of Jose Urania. And he didn't really get that again. How was he terrible? Does that mean that he can't have a good season? No, but as we're evaluating the, the signs going into the year, you know, if Urania comes in and pitches 15, 16 innings and only gives up a couple of runs, you, you're feeling a lot better about the back end of your rotation as it is. He, it looks like eh, it's going to be what it's going to be. Let's go back over to the ups on the second side, and I'll talk about what I just mentioned a moment ago, and that is Austin Gomber. Uh, not blow you away fantastic. Basically, the, the same kind of numbers I was talking about with Carl Kaufman a moment ago. In fact, they both have a 378 ERA, which is kind of funny. And th there is one red flag on the, the Gomber performance, which is six walks in 16 innings. You don't like that. But he's never really struggled with the walks before, so uh, also a lot of the runs of that 378 came in one game. He basically had one terrible outing where he walked like three guys and gave up four or five runs and didn't get out of the inning, right? Which will really kind of screw with your stats. So the fact that he's actually got them back to respectability since then, uh, I know he's been working a lot on the backfields as well, and the reports there are good. Like I said, I talked to Bud Black about Austin Gomber this morning. And, you know, they're hopeful, but there are a lot of positive signs. He, he says, you know, we feel like he's going to be happy and excited to be get back in there as a starter. We know, the, you know, that he was a good soldier, as it were. I don't think he used quite that phrase, but going into the bullpen last year, doing what he was asked to do and doing it with a good attitude. And they like the way he's handled it. They like the focus that he's coming to spring training with. And yeah, he, he really is a key piece for this team. So the fact that he had that early kind of got blown up, but he's bounced back. He's looked very solid lately. Uh, he's pitched 16.2 innings. So they're obviously, you know, trying to get him uh, up to speed and, and ready to go. And you hope that he finishes strong because Gomber, whether... Uh, Again, regardless of how you feel about this year, Gomber turning out to be an above-average major league pitcher 
would be huge for the Rockies in the next couple of seasons. It's not just about this year for a player like that, right? Great rookie season right after the Rockies acquired him in the Nolan Arenado trade. Bad sophomore season happens to a lot of guys. Uh, there were a number of reasons why it happened to Gomber, but he's got a chance here to bounce back. And and I do think you, that we've seen mostly positives out of him this spring training. Back over to the negative side. Last negative that I have for you. And this is actually pretty nitpicky. And, and it's just, it's kind of the bullpen version of what I was saying uh, about the rotation before. No huge surprises. Now, don't worry, I'm going to talk about actually how good the bullpen looks here in just a second. But there were several guys the Rockies brought in who were, let's see how it goes type of guys, I feel like. Josh Rogers, Phillips Valdez, Jeff Criswell. Uh, th- there were several more in that category, but none of those guys have pitched particularly well. Um, th- now, the the bigger name guys that they went out to get, Suter and Hand, have been great, right? But th- this is where I'm saying, you know, Riley Pint is a long shot thing. There, there wasn't anything that emerged from that group of guys. Connor Siebold's been all right. I, I think I like him in a bullpen role, which is what it sounds like they're going to do. And so I, I, I do think, as I'm about to get into, the bullpen's going to be much improved, if not actually pretty good. But it, it, I was wondering if any of these kind of borderline pickups were going to emerge and really wow uh, me, or more importantly, Bud Black, this spring training, and it doesn't look like that's happened. Now, they've all got the opportunity to do that down in AAA. This is uh, quite a bit better not only is the Rockies bullpen better, the depth is going to be quite a bit better than it's been for the last several years. And so that will be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, And then let me finish there with the last big up of the spring, which is this bullpen might be really good. Now, Daniel Bard obviously didn't look great at the WBC in the one game. And then he came back here, gave up a home run, but then was fine. I'm not that worried about Daniel Bard. I, I think he would admit, in fact, again, with the same group of reporters, I was talking with him just yesterday and he was basically saying, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I needed basically a few more outings. I need a few more reps to get to where I need to be just mechanically. Like, you know, that's what spring training is oftentimes for. And he said, yeah, you don't want to be looking for it when you're pitching in a big game like that. That's a, that's a tough place to be in. But at the end of the day, it was a bad outing in March and, they happen all the time, and I just got to get ready for the season, right? After that, man, there's been some good stuff here. I mentioned uh, Suter and Hand. They've been fantastic. Brent Suter with a 257 ERA and seven innings pitched, six strikeouts. Don't love the five walks, but he's always had a little bit of a, a wildness to him. Denelson Lamette has been fantastic. Uh, Ty Block has been pretty good, uh, even though he's, he's got sent down to the minors. But for me, Justin Lawrence, now Justin Lawrence only pitched in uh, 6.1 innings in spring training. And he also went and pitched for Panama in the World Baseball Classic. Looked fantastic there, sporting a 142 ERA. He's only given up one run this spring. He struck out 10, walked three. 
Uh, and really one of those walks I was at that game should have been, he, he got squeezed on two pitches that were strikes that should have been strike three. Uh, so I'm giving him 11 strikeouts to two walks. He's been fantastic. He's been absolutely incredible. Uh, for my eye, which I'm not, I'm no scout, but to me, Justin Lawrence looks like the most locked in pitcher for the Rockies this spring training out of the bullpen. Obviously, Marquez has been the most locked in uh, as, as a rotational guy. Pierce Johnson. That pickup looks like a great one. He's pitched 7.2 innings, 235 ERA, which means he's given up a couple of runs, but he's got nine strikeouts. Uh, don't love the four walks, but again, these are all new guys coming in for the Rockies. I think I mentioned Denelson Lamette, a 1-1-3 ERA in eight innings. I think he's got a chance to be a really, really interesting pickup. He was uh, considered a, a potential star prospect for the Padres there for a little while and really ran through the injury gamut and, and had a tough time with that. But if he's healthy, uh, it's going to look like one of the better just random-ass pickups that the Rockies have had in, in the last couple of years. That I think he's going to end up being a, a boon for that bullpen. You guys, like Gavin Hollowell's been solid, though he's only managed to pitch in five innings, and so I think he's most likely just from not enough reps to be uh, sent down to AAA. These are the last couple of decisions the Rockies got to make. Blake Blair Calvo was awesome. Like the Rockies got really good pitching out of their bullpen, apart from the kind of handful of guys that I mentioned who were newcomers, right? So I, I think I think the bullpen's going to be good now. That's kind of frustrating in a lot of ways because if the rotation really does struggle, the bullpen is likely to get overworked and end up having numbers that don't look as good as they otherwise might have. It's also frustrating because, obviously, as anyone listening to this is well aware, you know they desperately needed a bullpen of this caliber in 17 and 18. Well, they had a pretty good bullpen in 17. That's kind of a misnomer. But there have been a lot of times throughout their history and certainly in game uh, in seasons like 19 and 20 where the bullpen really really let them down and they lost a lot of winnable games right at the end uh, especially i think back to you know the times when Wade Davis was really falling apart and the Jake McGee Brian Shaw things weren't panning out and they didn't really have anyone else to go to and Adam Onovino had gone off in free agency and it was just all kind of falling apart right and it's been a bit of a mess since then. But I look at Bard in there as your closer, who was one of the best relievers in baseball last year. Worse, he was the third best reliever in Major League Baseball last year, and arguably he was better than that. Then you've got a couple of really interesting and capable lefties and Brad Hand and Brent Suter. Oh, and I, I missed a guy, by the way, Fernando Abad. That's the one pickup that they've had. He's been excellent. Another big lefty. Uh, a 2.53 ERA in 10.2 innings pitched, eight strikeouts, two walks. I think he's going to make the squad. And so another, again, it's like, how great is it, I guess, that the Rockies are going to have three capable big lefties who can get guys out really on both sides of the plate. But for the last five or six years, they haven't had one <laughs> at any given time. The short period of time that Jake McGee was good in 17 and actually Chris Russon was really good for them in 17 and that's probably the last time they've had you know a, a really well above average major league lefty reliever and they might have three of them this season now it's a little early to come to that conclusion with a bod but just that the potential even exists 
is kind of mind-blowing. And as I mentioned earlier, Ty Block had a pretty good spring training. 11.2 innings pitch to 0.77 ERA. Um, we know through watching him last year and even before that with the Giants, that there's there's a ceiling there. But he's a high-floor guy who can give you multiple innings out of the bullpen at times. There's, there's worse guys to have as depth options on your roster than Ty Block. And the fact that, you know, I, he's not going to make this bullpen, I'm pretty sure, uh, <laughs> kind of speaks to the, the quality of it right now. Like I said, it remains to be seen how much do they use it. If the rotation really is struggling and the bullpen is absolutely dynamite, does Bud Black and the rest of the brain trust, if you will, <laughs> uh, get creative and start, you know, opening games to see if they can keep the team in contention longer or, or do whatever if they're playing well, if you're getting wins behind Marquez and Freeland and maybe enough of them behind Gomber that you think maybe we do have something here. Again, this, this is all long shot pie in the sky stuff I'm giving you during a spring training where the Rockies are rightfully predicted by most sources out there, Vegas and all of the other things to finish near the bottom of the league. I will say this. I don't think they're going to be a bottom two or three team again. Now, might they be like they have in the last couple of years, 10th worst again? Yeah, because of the pitching rotation concerns, that's still where I would project them to come in. But getting down here, taking a look at them, getting into the numbers, seeing the guys they have, I, I could see a scenario play out where they're a bit better than that and you can start spinning your way into potentially a competitive season. I still think that shouldn't necessarily be... I mean, early in the season, it does have to be the priority. I've never been a person who thinks you go into a season trying to lose baseball games for a draft pick. That's ridiculous. The The type of tanking or, or playing for the future that I'm much more okay with, in fact, even an advocate of for the Rockies this season, is giving as much playing time to the young guys as possible. But you also have to do that in the context of getting the best out of those young players. I've made the case about Nolan Jones. I think it may also be the case for Michael Tolia that the best thing for them is to be in AAA. And you can't just not feel the baseball team without your young guys, right? So they brought in some veterans and Profar and Moustakis to fill out the roster, give those guys the chance to become the best versions of themselves in AAA. But they might have a little something here with some of these veterans, and it's just the rotation I'm concerned about. The lineup looks good, not world-beating, but good. The bullpen looks good, not world-beating, though they might actually end up being a lot better than people think. There's some talent in this pen, but that rotation, mm, just not sure what happens there, so... In the grand scheme of things, now having given you these two podcasts, one on the position players, one on the pitchers, I haven't moved much on my general predictions that this is still going to be a struggling to win baseball games, but exciting to watch young players grow type of season for the Rockies. But you never know when all the young guys might just click and it hits at the same time. One or two pitchers emerge as league average, and all of a sudden, you're the surprise darlings of the baseball season. It happens to somebody every year. Every year, there's at least one team that comes out of, quote, nowhere, right? So, why not your Rockies? Probably the rotation, but why not? But right now, it's 
dream on it a little bit. So that's what I've got for you. Let me know if there's anyone else you really want to hear me talk about from a pitching standpoint, any of the further down prospects I didn't get to uh, or any of that. I didn't mention Gabriel Hughes' start, which was really cool and fun and encouraging, but he's a little bit further away and doesn't much factor in this conversation. So thank you all for listening in. Make sure that you're following all the Mile High Sports stuff milehighsports.com, all the podcasts, radio station, all that good stuff. You're hanging out with us on Twitter. You can always slide into the DMs and ask them about the Discord channel. Other than that, I can only ever ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.